Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Uh, my dad just retired at 57, so that'd be a good age. Um, I don't know. I probably want to work till like maybe 60 or so. I'm not sure though. Probably around 60. 58. Think retiring worry-free for you is challenging. Just think about how hard it will be for your kids and grandkids. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Some 15 years ago, I produced and directed a video. It was basically a documentary of sorts called Say Goodbye to Granddad's Retirement. With a burden and concern for young people, I attempted to get this documentary even into school systems, but to no avail. The idea back then was this, say goodbye to granddad's retirement would try to draw attention to what I perceived back then as the plight and challenges young people would face in retirement, challenges their parents and grandparents did not. You see, unlike my granddad, who was rewarded by his employer with a guaranteed pension, something he called mailbox money, and the government's form of mailbox money called Social Security, your kids and your grandkids will more than likely have no pensions, and they'll also have an uncertain Social Security that may or may not be there. And it's not just the lack of guaranteed income in retirement that young people will miss out on. Crippling student loan debt that you and I never had. Low-paying jobs. Technological advancements that seem great, but in reality, create a huge drain on young people's ability to save for their future, all of these could have a very negative impact on their financial future. Worse yet, having bought into the narrative by Wall Street that the only way for young people to save for retirement is to blindly risk it in the stock market, something my granddad, by the way, would have never considered doing, they are left with an uncertain future that is not guaranteed. But never fear, there is hope for these young people, and that's where we come in today. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, retirement planning specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And on today's show, we are in part two of helping millennials plan for their retirement and ideas that actually can help you help them. But of course, before we get started and kicking off the show, I'm going to have uh, America's favorite financial sidekick sitting over there anxiously waiting with bated breath to chime in on today's subject, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, sir. And how are you? I'm doing good. Are those new boots? Uh, sure. Yeah, they're a couple months old, I think. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> those, are, those are nice boots. Oh, thank you. I'm serious. I look at those boots. We're talking about granddad. I, I, I'm not kidding you. Okay. You know how much I thought of my granddad. He had some boots that looked just like that. Just like them? And they came up missing years ago at a garage sale we had. And I don't know. Where did you get si those? Was he size 13? Uh, no, that, those aren't okay. granddad's in. Okay. Oh, you're a size 13? I'm a size 13. My goodness. My brother's a 15. <laughs> 
What my Uncle Eddie used to say, here comes Aaron walking down the street, are those shovels or are those feet? You like that? All right. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that's good, isn't it? Quick, Uncle Eddie was a quick, quick guy, man. All right, Aaron, I got to ask you a question. First of all, uh, I asked you before we went on, are you okay disclosing your age still? Yes, I I'll, just turned 40 last month. Wow, the big 4-0. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank, right. you. thank you. So this show, folks, this show is geared towards millennials, your kids and grandkids, but it's actually geared towards you, and here's why. Many of you come into the planning process when you meet me, and you don't think you have enough money. And what we're going to prove today is most likely you have money to not only retire worry-free, I'll show you how to not run out of money, but also to consider, just consider, helping these kids and grandkids. So I'm going to have Aaron chime in just a little bit because I'm now 60, Aaron, and I'm, I guess I could go back and think about what I thought about when I was 23. Let's go back to age 23. You with okay, me? Okay, I'm there. Okay, I don't know about you, but the last thing that was on my mind, I mean the last thing, was retirement. What, were you thinking yeah. about retiring when you were 23? Or what did it even meant to you? Did, no. or did you even care? When I was 23, I was focused on getting out of college. <laughs> I wanted to get into the workforce. You know, I knew people that, you know, some people call them professional students. They just stay in college forever and they get umpteen million degrees, but they're 40 like I am and they're still in college. And I did not want that. I wanted to get out and start. I wanted to start making money. I'll be honest. I wanted to start making money. What was your first job out of college? Oh, what was the first job? Uh, actually, my first job out of college uh, was at a trucking company, and I was a gas station attendant. That's all I could find at the time because the the job market kind of hit a slump in two thousand four, and that was that was all I could find. I didn't know that about you. That you left that off your resume. Yeah, I didn't put that. Okay. I don't think I put that one. I, on my actually, resume. I would have been impressed with that. I you was only there. I was only there for a few months before I got my job at Wave. So, okay. So you I went have, from there. You could have said you were an associate manager in the long haul trucking industry. That would have been that really would have been impressive. better. would have. Well, I don't know. There's plenty <laughs> of good people that are gas station attendants. I guess I don't know, but you know that was just kind of a job. I just had to. I, I had to take it. I didn't necessarily want to take it. I just had to. Did you realize you and I are having more in common than we think? This is getting a little scary. One of my main oh, jobs yeah. in college. I've never told you this. It was just briefly. I pumped gas at a, it was in the bypass in Bowling Green. Those of you in Bowling Green may remember, it's a Phillips 66. And little did I realize how dangerous that is. I'm a 22-year-old kid. Back then, everybody paid cash. <laughs> yeah. And I go to the night deposit box with this thing full right. of gas. I'm surprised somebody didn't bop me over the head. <laughs> but anyway, okay, now fast forward to age 40. Are right. you thinking any more about retirement? A lot more than I did at 23. Absolutely. I mean, at 23, I wasn't even thinking. I don't even know if I could spell retirement at 23. Uh, I definitely was not thinking about it. My focus was just to get out into the workforce. And now that I've been in it for, you know, a little under 20 years, uh, with three kids at home, yeah, retirement is definitely much more prevalent on my mind. Okay, so since this show is dedicated to our clientele and our prospective clients listening to this show who are normally over 55 or 60 and older, this, what I'm going to ask you, hopefully will reflect on them to think about as well who happen to have children and grandchildren your age. You with me? Right. Okay. okay. So this show, we're not speaking to 40-year-olds necessarily. Right. Although we've got some good ideas for them, we're speaking to the parents and grandparents. So right. now that you're 40, I'm going to catch you off guard with this one. You're sitting around the table with mom and dad. Okay, Thanksgiving dinner. All of a sudden, something comes up and says, hey, Aaron, we've been watching this guy on TV, Tony Walker, and he's been talking a lot about this concept called live well, die broke. 
and he's starting to make some sense, and he kind of even suggests that we think about, you know, don't get any ideas, Aaron, they're looking at you eating their turkey, uh, giving you more money now rather than opposed to waiting for us to die and leaving you money, what would be your initial reaction if they said they were thinking about doing that? I'd be all for it. Why? Because it's money in my pocket. It's more money that I'm getting. That you could use right now. Right, that I could use for things, whether it's, you know, whether it be to blow it or to use it for, you know, something, you know, something for the kids or something for the house, buy a car, better car, whatever, you know, or take a trip and live well, die broke, <laughs> you know, enjoy the time. And let's take it one step further. So let's say I was a little hummingbird in this meeting and I also had whispered into their ear through this book, Live Well, Die Broke, to your parents that, hey, if you don't use and enjoy this money, what could be the tax implications of all this money you've stockpiled? And could those taxes eat away of what you're going to try to leave Aaron anyway? Do you think them as the parents might say, I hadn't thought of that? Oh, I'm sure they'd say, I hadn't thought of that. There's probably the majority of people that would say, I hadn't thought of that. So folks, when we come back, we're going to talk about this. We're going to challenge this whole notion of the financial world that you need what I call a gajillion dollars in retirement and why they tell you that why they don't want you to spend your money, and why they don't want you to use it possibly to help your kids and grandkids now when they might need it versus later when it may be too late. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'll be right back. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no obligation appointment. Let us help you today. Call me old-fashioned, but I love the fact that my husband takes care of all the finances. But if something happened to him, where would I turn? The grief associated with losing a spouse is hard enough. Don't make matters worse by not having a written game plan. Don't leave your future to chance. Get a game plan now with one of the most experienced and trusted names in the business. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. I don't have a problem pulling out the credit card to do a, you know, get my print job done for school because I know that at least that's a good charge. At least that was for a reason and it wasn't just me buying a big screen TV or something like that. Now, you know, you've got all your Pell Grants and you got your scholarships and your student loans and everything like that. So these kids are paying $20,000 to get this piece of paper that says they're a college graduate and then when they get into the job market, there's, you know, 10, 15,000 other people with that exact same piece of paper that all want the same job. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. And we're playing a few clips there from the video that I created about 15 years ago called Say Goodbye to Granddad's Retirement. Folks, this was actually, Aaron, you've seen this video several times. Don't you think, I'm not saying it was prophetic, but don't you think it was interesting even back then, some of these college students were starting to question the notion of spending all this money 
the one gentleman, the young man was named Chance, who said for a college degree, it's really just a piece of paper. Yeah. That's kind, yeah. Of, that's kind of looking that way a little bit, isn't it? Because going back to when I graduated, I mean, I graduated with a bachelor's degree, and uh, even my grandfather was kind enough to say, well, if you want your master's, you know, I'll help you out with that. I had no interest. I was like, nope, I am done with college. I'm ready to start working, start making money. And again, 2004, I mean, I, you know, I had I had employers kind of tell me, well, you've got a bachelor's degree. Great. So what? <laughs> you know, we've got people with PhDs who have applied for this job. You know, it just, it. yeah, I think in a lot of circumstances, it is just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything to a lot of employers. You know what my dad would say? You know, we've started these Dick Walkerisms. My yes. dad had a way with words. Let me just kind of real tape on what dad would say about your degree and my degree. Who cares? Well, I got a question, Aaron, because I was the same way. I graduated with a bachelor's degree. I had a double major in psychology and broadcasting. Guess what the only job offer I had was a newscaster late night job at a small station in Grand Junction, Colorado. I kid you not, guess what they're going to pay me? Minimum wage. Yeah. Now, think about that. I had put now here's okay let me ask you this did you have any student debt from college uh luckily i did not i had a great grandmother who set up college funds for me my brother and sister when we were all born and i did not have to pay a thing by the time it had accrued interest and everything i did not have to pay anything now jessica my wife on the other hand was not so lucky and she does have some student does student, she still have student loans yes I mean, and you're out buying Lamborghinis, and she's got a student. Something's wrong with this picture, and you never told me that either. <laughs> you know, when I went to school, I didn't even know anybody. Now, we didn't have a lot of money, but tuition was so inexpensive. And if you worked a part-time job, you could cover your expenses. I didn't know anybody with student debt. Do you know well, didn't you tell me a semester cost for you, what, like a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, it was about 400 bucks. I mean, kids nowadays can buy a book for 100 or $200. And the problem with this is if you look back over that course of time, and what we're faced with now, oh, that's interesting, too, that your grandmother helped you out with college. See, that's what I mean. It wasn't that nice that you had yeah. some. Okay, there you go. But these young people, they're estimating, Aaron, that there's $1.4 trillion in student loan debt. It's a lot of money. Sur- doesn't surprise me, but it is a lot of money, yeah. And, and maybe that's why this recent article I'm going to share with you came up. Remember a couple weeks ago, and I love the financial pundits that come up with this goofy advice. Remember the financial article that said you probably would need about $1.9 million to retire? Yeah, $1.92 million. I'm, yeah. I'm working on that. <laughs> See, what's pro- the problem with that article is the problem we're seeing today. So if we're trying to communicate with retirees and people that are soon to be retirement, and they read an article like that, do you think they're even going to think about giving any money to their kids and grandkids? Why? They don't have enough money, No, right? they don't that's have what, enough, yeah. Which is, that's incorrect. Well, you think that article was preposterous. I, can, I, I can't even believe this. Look at this article from a well-intentioned, well-meaning uh, periodical. Read that number. What are they saying you're probably going to need now due to the, the stock market, to low interest rates, et cetera? Look okay. at that number. Okay, now wait a minute, Tony. <laughs> now this is saying that I'm going to need $8 million. That's ridiculous. The next Who one, has that? Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, I just saved up my $2 million, but, you know, no, I'm just kidding, folks. <laughs> you I finally got to two. Now I you're I finally discouraged. got to $2 million. Now they're telling me. To, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, two, $2 million to $8 million. That's ridiculous. Well, let me put it this way. Let's even go back to the $2 million. Now, we do live in Kentucky. I get it. If we lived in Manhattan, New York, and we needed right. a 5,000-square-foot penthouse and the standard right. living, maybe you'd need $8 million, but... Aaron, and, and people don't believe this, I meet very, very, very few people that even have anything close to $2 million. 
Mm-hmm. In fact, you know what the average person I meet now, you know, again, folks, we work with just hardworking Joe lunch boxes. These are middle class folks, upper middle class sometimes, but these are people that just want to live a decent life, comfortable life. Uh, they're not high falutiners. They're not traveling all over the world every day. Uh, what do you think the average person that comes into Tony Walker Financial has in their 401k? Would you assume it's probably a million dollars or more? Average, I'd say, I'd say probably a million. Yeah, maybe that, around there, maybe seven hundred thousand, something like that. I was talking to uh, Amelia, who's doing a great job trying to learn this business, and she's trying to help with some writing on the shows. And I said, Amelia, this is a real problem. And she says, I know it is. Guess what she said her mother said about Tony Walker Financial. She was, she told her mother she was working here, and her mother's familiar with us. What do you think her mother said? I don't know. She probably said something like, all he does is work with people with money, millionaires. Yep, bingo. Now, I don't know where she got that idea. And I think it's because, and there's a problem a little bit because I'm on TV and radio. I think people who are on TV, everybody associates them with you know, they're only working with wealthy right. people. He, he's untouchable. He'll never he's see me. He's untouchable. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He's just a, you know, guy on TV and just doling out advice and nothing can be further from the truth. In fact, folks, the average 401k we see in here ranges anywhere from 200 to $400,000. That's on average. Okay. We've even worked with 401ks with 50, 60, 70,000. We do not have these huge minimums. You know, a lot of these big Wall Street firms, Aaron, if you walked in with $50,000 in your 401k, uh, they're probably going to show you where the back door is. Right. They're not going to work with $50,000. We will. So if you're sitting there right now, folks, and maybe that's you, you're saying, you know, Tony, all this stuff you're bringing up about my kids and grandkids and maybe trying to help them now versus leaving them a few dollars when I croak. Um, I like that idea. Secondly, Tony, I like the idea that I thought you only worked with millionaires and apparently you don't. You'll work with anybody that's hardworking and has saved money and is just trying to get by in life. We'll work with you on that. And then finally, Tony, you're saying I can sit down with you in person. Am I being clear on this, Aaron? Yeah, I think you're making the point. Okay, I want to make sure because I've even had people, when they come to the office, they've set up an appointment. They've gone to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, and all of a sudden they'll show up at either a Bowling Green, Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky office, and uh, I'll sit down with them. They go, so you really do meet with people? I mean, that's like, uh, yeah, that's what I do. In fact, uh, we uh, counted it up. I had this, the, the staff go through our database because we log all of our appointments. So since starting this business uh, and working in this field for over 36 years, I've literally seen in person, Aaron, over 15,000 people. I've had that many meetings. So folks, I love meeting people. And if that's you, if you feel like you don't really have a one-on-one relationship with a trained retirement specialist, a fiduciary, somebody that's got the experience and know-how to not only help you while you're retired, but to try to help you help your kids and grandkids before you die. If you, if you think that seems like that makes a whole lot more sense than just stockpiling a bunch of money only to leave it to the government and nursing homes, then we need to talk. What I would suggest you do is go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com right now and click on that Let's Get Started button. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com and click on the Let's Get Started button. Okay, when we come back, this is going to be interesting. I've asked Amelia Johnson, again, who's with Worry-Free Productions, to take a, just a few minutes to interview two millennials that happen to work for Tony Walker Financial. And no, it's not Aaron. It's not Derek. It's actually fellow fiduciary, Trey Jurgens. That's right, my favorite son-in-law, Trey, and the newest member of the Tony Walker Financial team, my favorite ne- nephew, Wes Walker. So we're going to cut to that interview right now. So Amelia, take it away. Thanks, Tony. I'm here with Trey and Wes, and we're talking about the five keys for first half savers. 
Uh, number one is avoiding student debt, but if millennials can't even get past student debt, how are they supposed to get to step two, which is just a basic emergency fund? Yeah, so well, we found out that the average student loan debt in America is about $32,700. And the problem that that presents for folks is that if you're paying all this money to pay down the debt, you really don't have any free cash flow to save and invest. So what we've encouraged a lot of our clients to do is to help those, their children and grandchildren pay down that debt so they can free up cash flow and go out and pursue the retirement planning activities that help to grow their net worth over time. The next step is creating an emergency fund. So as Wes said, some of our clients have been able to help their adult children and grandchildren tackle that student loan debt, putting them in a position to now have an emergency fund. For example, my wife and girls were in a, a wreck. Uh, thank God everybody was okay, but our car was totaled. We had to dip into what we were calling our, our savings. It's by no means retirement savings when you're in your 30s. It's just emergency savings. So we had to buy a car. So that kind of wiped out our plan for, for saving, which leads us to the next point is family protection. And uh, we do that with life insurance. And Wes, if you want to talk a little bit about whole life and dividend participating life insurance. Yeah, so we're big fans of permanent life insurance. Essentially, a dividend participating policy is something you can overfund. The cash value in the account will grow over time and you can borrow from it if something like that comes up, car wreck or need a new roof or whatever the case may be. Um, we like that whole life policy that gets those steady dividends. You can borrow from the cash value and you've always got that death benefit should anything terrible happen. Great, so it looks like life insurance is a great financial product for millennials to invest in. So everyone um, I know has a 401k, definitely not a pension anymore, but why start contributing to a Roth for number four? Yeah, so we think 401k is a great savings tool, it's just not a great planning tool. Um, a lot of our clients who are on the younger side will recommend that they'll go on and get the match if they get one in a 401k. But really, if you want to put your money in a good position, a Roth IRA is great because your money is in an after-tax position. We know tax rates are going to go up. The government's spending money. They have to eventually. So we like to have at least some money in an after-tax position to use and enjoy in retirement. Yeah, that's, that's really kind of the key is more use and control. It's the idea of saving smarter, not saving harder. Uh, the financial world kind of wants younger people to dump all this money into a 401k with these ridiculous assumptions of millions and millions of dollars they might need to retire. But if you have access and you're protecting your family with whole life insurance, with cash value, you've got your ability to get after your money if you need it now, especially when you're younger and things might come up. So it's, like I said, it's really kind of a way of positioning your money to save smarter towards retirement, not necessarily harder by locking it all up in a 401k. If any of these examples are something you want to pass on to your children or adult grandchildren, they can download our five keys for first half savers white paper. It's just on the downloads page of our website. Great. Well, thanks for helping second half savers help millennials save. Yeah. Back to you, Tony. All right. Thank you so much, Amelia. Doing a great job, young lady. And a very good interview, by the way. Speaking of Wes Walker, my favorite nephew, he has a brand new YouTube channel. You see, Wes, as you know this, Aaron, Wes is huge into this physical fitness stuff. I mean, he is really, really disciplined. You can tell that by the way he's worked out, his eating habits. And I said, Wes, you're learning so much about this business. Why don't you do a YouTube channel on financial fitness and take those same disciplines that you've learned in working out and apply them to money and millennials? And he thought, man, that's an awesome idea. So Derek... Hudson and Amelia are helping Wes with a YouTube channel. We've just got it launched. So if you want to check it out, more importantly, if you want to let your kids and grandkids know about this, 
it's you go to youtube.com and then under the search bar you type in financial fitness so what we're doing is since we don't always go out and try to find first half savers we're trying to create a venue to still try to help them so many of you will ask me that you'll say tony how can you help my kids and grandkids you know i got a child aaron's age or i got a child wes's age and i don't know how to help them and i want them to know how to get started well we can send them to this youtube channel and help them learn the things that they need to know in the first half of life, which are totally different than things you need to be doing at halftime or the second half. So hopefully that'll be of help. And oh, by the way, uh, on our YouTube channel, we have one to it. You just go to youtube.com, type in Tony Walker Financial, and you can subscribe to all of our past episodes of our uh, Worry-Free Retirement TV show that's becoming more and more popular. So I invite you to do that. All right, Aaron, here we go. We got to talk a little bit about these 401ks real quick and what people can do. I had a Tony in the trenches recently. And remember I talked about overfunding 401ks and how dangerous that was to put too much money in a 401k. And we, we look at our website traffic and boy, that created a stir, didn't it? Yeah. And I think the reason is people feel, and maybe that's you, that you've always been told that you must, it's almost like it's a, you know born into us or birthed into us, this idea that we have to max out, put as much as we can in the 401k plan. Sometimes that's a good point. Sometimes it's not. Uh, Aaron, last night, one of my appointments I met with, we actually decided the person has one more year to go before retirement. Okay. They're in a pretty high tax bracket. And I actually told them, put as much in that 401k as you can, because it's going to save on taxes okay. now. Yeah. So folks, I'm not opposed to maxing out your 401k. What I'm opposed to is blindly maxing out that thing and not realizing that while the 401k is a wonderful savings tool, and take this from somebody that's worked with probably more savers than anybody in the country, it is one of the worst planning tools in retirement you can have. I mean, it is a quagmire of complicated rules and future tax rates that we don't know. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So all I'm trying to impress upon people with this latest Tony in the trenches, when this young lady said, Tony, you know, basically I'm 52 years of age. Why in the world would I not overfund my 401k? And if you're telling me not to, what are some options in which I can do something else with the money instead of putting so much of it in the 401k plan? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read off five different options that your children, your adult children and adult grandchildren might want to consider. And again, even when we're meeting on your retirement planning information, this is stuff that you might want to think about helping them. And I'll share this with you in a little bit. So let's go quickly over those five options. Well, first of all, if someone has a bunch of debt, Again, expensive debt. Why not take the tax hit now? Don't fund the 401k, pay the taxes down, pay down the debt. I mean, that seems like an obvious thing. The second thing you can do is take the money out now, assuming you're in a lower tax bracket. Many of you don't have enough savings that you can get your hands on quickly. Remember that 401k, once you put that money in, if you're 52, it gets locked away and it's very difficult to get out. So why not build up an after-tax savings account for emergencies and future purposes purchases. Uh, number three, many of you don't have permanent life insurance. You don't have permanent long-term care insurance. Remember folks, when you're younger and trying to build the castle, don't forget to first build the moat. You know, in feudal times, people built these castles and they forgot that once you build them, that's fine, but people are gonna try to come in and get your stuff. And the biggest quagmire for people is not having enough permanent life insurance and long-term care. Number four, why don't we consider opening up a Schwab account with us? You know what? Since April of 2017, since starting the Schwab platform, we have 
over $100 million with Schwab. And finally, if all else fails, not always, but maybe just think about taking the money and running. It's kind of like what Aaron said. You know, it was funny, Aaron, when I was talking to you and said, what have you had money now? What have your parents gave you money now? One of the things you might just do is spend it, right? Right. And for some reason, I call it the guilt trip gospel. I talk about this and don't follow the herd. For some reason, Aaron, and I don't know where this started. I th actually, I do think I know where this started, where people are afraid to spend their money or feel guilty about spending it. You know where I think it started? Where? My granddad's generation. Because you know what they came out of back in the 30s? The Depression. Depression. Yeah. So I can understand if you came out of the Depression with nothing standing in a soup line kitchen, you'd probably be afraid to spend money in the future because it might happen again. Right. And folks, in some ways, to me, that's all the more reason to enjoy it because something could happen again like you dying or becoming disabled or having financial problems. So there's that balance. And if you'd like to meet with somebody who's got over 36 years of experience in meeting with thousands of people, who has a crackerjack team of fiduciaries and staff backing up Tony Walker, why don't you consider talking to us? Log on right now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. There's absolutely no cost or obligation to meet. I'd be happy to talk to you at either our Bowling Green, Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky offices. It's TonyWalkerFinancial.com or give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. Well, next week, boy, do we have a doozy. The title of the show next week is Who Gets Your Stuff When You Die? Dot, dot, dot. The answer may surprise you. I'm Tony Walker. I look forward to talking to you next week. But you remember, between now and then, if all else fails, you be worry-free. don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.